Welcome to episode 63 of Movies in 4K. It is Thursday. It's a regularly scheduled release. And I am Bill Shetty. And I'm Lady Phantom. And we have a great announcement, the Phantom. We just hit 5,000 listeners per episode. Wow, that's cool. Yes, that's a monumental mark, I would say, here on Movies in 4K. And we just want to really thank everybody out there for listening and subscribing and catching all our shows. Thank you so much, everyone. That is really awesome. (laughs) Yes, it is. So we are ready. It is time for another superhero movie. The Phantom (laughs) is going to provide a fun fact. Paul Rudd really learned close-up magic for this movie. (laughs) Well, I think she spoiled what movie we're going to be covering, I would say, if you know superhero movies out there, but let's get it underway. the year 2018 ant-man and the wasp which i would assume this is ant-man part two it is listed in four genres i think we're going to be fighting action adventure (laughs) comedy sci-fi are we gonna be fighting i think this is way more fantasy than science fiction to me okay you're agreeing I'm not, but I'm not going to make you not agree, so. So we got to make up our minds here. What is it going to be put in? I mean, I can make a statement for science fiction, yes. It's not the typical science fiction, but it's just way more fantastical to me. I mean, quantum physics is a thing. Well, the things that happen in this movie is never going to happen. True, true. So what do you want to do with that? Yeah, if you want out to add fantasy, go ahead. But keep science fiction? Sure. All right, so we got five genres in this movie. This film is directed by who? Peyton Reed. You know this guy? No. Okay. Well, sometimes I don't ask her and she's like, I know that guy. Well, she don't know this guy. All right, who's the main stars here, Lady Phantom? Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly. And Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Who was Michael Pena? Michael Pena is Luis. Oh, it's not the same guy I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking of Michael Pere. Oh. <laughs> the old dog. That's why I was wondering yeah. when I Who's seen that? that name. No, Michael Pere has nothing to do here. How about here. the leading Scarface actress? I said Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, did you? Did you say Lawrence Fishburne? Not yet. There are many other people like... Bobby Cannavale, like Walton Goggins, uh, Judy Greer. Yeah, this is the guy, Bobby Cannavale, that's in a lot of older Sandler movies. Yes, and actually in the scene where Lawrence Fishburne is young, it's his son playing him, but with some special effects added. And Judy Greer of Halloween remake fame. <laughs> well, <laughs> Whatever you want to call And many others, it. yeah. 
All right, what's that synopsis say, Phantom? As Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. Yes, to start off, I never watched the first one, but the Phantom did clue me in on some key events because we paused it during the viewing here just for me to understand more who these people were and where they originated from. Because this film opens with the Michael Douglas character, Hank Pym, who I would assume is one of the leading scientists along with his wife. She gets caught in... The quantum realm. (laughs) Yes, in quantum never-never land, basically. And... That's where the movie opens, and I was like, this is the Ant-Man, Michael Douglas? So I had no idea. Now, I did see Paul Rudd before, who is a Jason Patrick (laughs) lookalike to me. I think I even asked you, Phantom, years ago when you had the first one in. I'm like, why does Jason Patrick look so young? They got him de-aged or something. But um, do you agree how... The striking resemblance of these two are? Not really. Really? You don't see it, huh? I mean, yes. I know they they look similar, I'm but I would about never the say... younger Jason Patrick. Well... Sleepers area. Yeah, but they are, you would be surprised. They are only three years apart in age. Really? Yes. Well, Jason Patrick, like I said, I thought it was this guy. Yeah, right now, Paul Rudd is... 51 believe it or not because he looks incredibly young and jason patrick is 54 all right lady phantom instead of walking this through scene by scene because i'm not so up on this series i picked out watching this for the first time four subplots in this movie okay the first one is the paul rudd character with his daughter Mm mm-hmm the second one is the Hank Pym and his daughter right. with Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Then you have this <laughs> underground criminal who is devising this technology to give Hank Pym, but he don't know who it's going to. He finds out, and he's a criminal element trying to get this technology, this lab, where all these new contraptions are right and then you have the fbi angle well and you have the ghost yes okay five subplots yes and the friends i wouldn't call them a subplot no they're not a subplot but they are like in their own thing i would say yeah five things interwoven here during this movie Mm -hmm. yeah and my eyes were rolling in this movie out there. Oh, what a surprise. Well, I, I hated the comedy in this. You you laughed out loud a million times. You thought everything was so funny, so witty. I, I didn't it, laugh out loud once. Yes, you did. I thought it was so juvenile, personally. All oh, the jokes. Every me. one of them. <laughs> Paul Rudd's character, I did not like whatsoever. I just didn't like his attitude 
the way these one lines come off and they just weren't funny to me i mean it's juvenile to me it really oh, is okay. now i'm not a fan of superhero movies this one is a little different would you say than a lot yeah the, i mean ant-man and this movie the the sequel they are pretty much their own kind of movie within the marvel universe like each each of the superheroes has a very specific tone to their different movies and this one is comedy very comedic yeah and it landed for you most of it yeah I absolutely i am very juvenile so yes but i mean from somebody coming from not seeing these movies and watching it as a movie comedy as you know either works or doesn't work i mean there's very little middle ground in comedy yeah true and and we covered one not so long ago you hated the comedy in it and you didn't like it tremors uh-huh and it's also very true that with comedy either it lands or it doesn't but it depends i think 50 percent on what kind of comedy people like because for some people it completely lands and for the other people the same movie just doesn't land at all yes and that's why i'm trying to make that statement yeah i personally thought this humor was very juvenile it was adolescent and i mean it's geared it's pg-13 so it's not gonna be i'm gonna give you an example of another superhero comic book movie which is more adult we haven't covered it yet we're going to eventually but as deadpool because those are rated R, correct? Mm, correct. So they're more adult-oriented humor than this one. Yeah, but I would say that Deadpool's humor, per se... Is sarcastic, Is too. very sarcastic, but you could even say also that it's juvenile. I mean... Yes. Like I said, I don't... I remember some of it, Phantom. I didn't sit and watch them all with you. Mm -hmm. So I do remember some of it in there. But yeah, he has a cynicism to him where this is not, this is lighthearted and silliness. I mean, wacky things are happening in this and then they just stop and he throws out some lines along with his best friend there and his side characters. They're just in there for comedy. The way Luis talks is comedic, supposed to be. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie. So you're either with this guy or not true i was not so it wasn't entertaining to me in that aspect okay phantom what really stuck with you in this film i think the main uh, theme here is the michael douglas and michelle pfeiffer like they need to save her that's the main story right yeah uh, they, because they think she still might be alive after she gets lost in the quantum realm. And I think that's a very nice premise because it ties nicely with the first movie. And at the end of the movie, that ties very well with what is happening in the MCU as a whole. And Michael Douglas devises this new wormhole type contraption to get back there and this whole movie they're trying to activate and get in there they only have a certain amount of time two hours it is right and all these other side plots revolve around this now another very comedic thing the whole time was this asian 
FBI guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's Ooh. just dumb, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and I mean, his facial remarks and everything. I mean, like I said, you're, if you're not into this brand of comedy, get off the superhero angle of it just as a comedy movie. Like, if you're not feeling what they're giving you, it's a struggle to get through. Now, I'll tell you, it did keep me a little more engaged with some of the effects that I thought were good for the most part. I'm going to pick out some bad scenes, too. But I had no idea, and I guess by the name I, you could figure it out, I had no idea that they shrink down to mosquito size, basically. And yes hence the name but i had no idea of that going into this movie so some of them things were kind of neat and then also in the reverse towards the end he grows like honey i blew up the kid that we covered yeah, on a vegas movie. 166 feet actually yes and i'll tell you during technicals which i like better the small action or the big action i think mm -hmm. there's a very clear difference yeah. here um michael douglas daughter is the wasp uh-huh they team up but they're not in this one phantom i don't know about the first one and where the series goes they're not crime fighters in this one the whole story is to get their mother back so they're not fighting, you know, criminals on the street or something like Batman is or anything like that. Well, the things that also in the first one, there is an arch enemy. Oh, is there? <laughs> of okay. course, of course. And here there's it's ghost. It's ghost. That's the, the, the one they're fighting and the, the mafia type people. They are also yeah, fighting but they them. Were so comedic. Like, how can you? Yeah, take but them they serious? were fighting them. Yes, true. And this comes from a comic book, so I understand the appeal, but, you know, we blasted the original Batman when we covered it, Lady Phantom, because of that juvenile, silly feel. And this is the same. Oh, it's nothing alike. Yeah, to me it is. No, no, to me it's not. Okay. Is there any other details in the story that you think we should mention here? For a review, whether they've seen it or not, to get them more into the movie, Phantom? Yeah, um, I think the ghost storyline deserves a mention because it. it is a, a situation in which there's this person in a suit also, and it's called Ghost because she can, like, it, she's not like really solid. She's translucent, invisible. Really, uh -huh. She faces between being solid and not. And as the movie progresses, we find out that her life is in peril. So it's, I mean, she's doing the wrong things for the right reasons. And it's very important to her as well to find a way to stop facing or she is going to die. So it's not like she is a caught and clear villain. You know? Right. She's after this lab is the main thing because she needs the energy of Michelle Pfeiffer to live. That exactly. And that she needs the, the tunnel. That is exactly that has Michelle Pfeiffer's energy, right? And she is working with somebody and we can't say who mm -hmm. that is because that's a key role here. True. Now we get the Lawrence Fishburne character, which used to work with Douglas and his wife. 
mm-hmm. and he was almost outcast from the department. You don't actually know in this story if he was fired or he left. I mean, there's some battling between these two characters mm-hmm. with Michael Douglas, the Hank Pym character. And it's like, basically, they didn't see eye to eye is what I got. And they don't like each other because of what happened, but they respect each other. Yeah. And also, you know that he, well, actually, both of them, they used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the agency that ties pretty much the the MCU together also, because they are, they like look for superheroes and they are in charge of the logistics of the superhero world, let's say. One key point, actually, I missed during the opening scene here is Paul Rudd, the Ant-Man, he is on house arrest for two years, apparently because what he did in the last movie, which I don't know. So if you want to explain that. He's a thief. And in the first movie, he stole, like he stole the Ant-Man suit, actually. And he got in trouble. But also they mention in this movie Germany and the events that happened in Germany with the Avengers. And they are referring to Civil War, which was a movie that was a sequel to Captain America in which two teams of superheroes, let's say, are against each other because of the rules that the government is imposing them. So he broke the law by going there because he was he had been a thief and he had been in trouble and blah, blah, blah. So now he's in house arrest. And there's some jokes with that where he states several times that he used to work with the cap. With caps, yeah. <laughs> well, he says the cap, but yeah, it's caps, Captain America. Right. So you have that and that's really where it opens up. So he's not allowed to leave, but his help is needed. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And he dons the suit, and I think we've covered the story, Phantom. I mean, it's basically like we said about getting Michelle Pfeiffer's character back. Yeah. And I don't even think we need to go into this one of the side plots with just the basic human underlords trying to get this lab you know because it was so non-essential i thought that was completely unnecessary they already had more than enough conflict and i i really don't know why they had to include that when the wasp went to get the last piece they needed to complete this technology to go back into the nether regions of quantum physics They could have left it with that stunt work and scenario there instead of him always trying to come back because they're in it a good 20, 30 minutes. I know because, okay, fine. You get the lab. Now what are you going to do with it? Sell it? I mean, that was completely unnecessary and I couldn't agree more. I think we should touch on the technology a little bit more, Phantom-like. Michael Douglas has found a way to shrink everything, like the lab, this big building that houses all these computer components, electronics, cars, cars, right. He can shrink them down at will to like a suitcase size building and all the cars look like matchbox cars. And you see many uh, action scenes like this where they're driving a real size car and they shrink to a matchbox size car yeah. during 
the scenes. Yeah, and the opposite. Like, they also have a way to enlarge things, like a Pez thing with Hello Kitty face. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they can pretty much enlarge or shrink things at will. How? Who knows? I mean, you just got to roll with it. That's my biggest problem, Phantom, and I'm sure you could have deduced that before we even got to reviewing this. Yeah. You know how important that the story means to me. And when you have such a complex topic like this and they're throwing out these words in physics and theory and I mean, it just bothers me because I like to understand on a certain level what I'm watching. And they just, you couldn't understand it unless you're an astrophysicist, quantum mechanic. Right. I mean, you just couldn't. And so you got to play along with what's going on that they hit a button and this happens. I mean, but it yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, they go into that a little bit on the first one, but very, very little. But in this movie, I did appreciate a lot that, and it happened many times, that whenever something got a little bit like, really, are you going to do that? Some, some other character goes like, okay, so in English, like, or, like are you really going to just throw words at me like that? I don't get it. Like, some uh, characters find the way to highlight the inconsistency or whatever that just happened in the movie. It's not like they just leave it. And I appreciate that. Right. And you're dealing with a world, especially the FBI, they know this technology. But all the side characters, like they see what's happening when they're being fought against. But like there's no consequences. It's just like, oh, okay, he's a big hundred foot guy. And you see no level of worry, and it just looks normal, basically. Like, everybody knows this is going on in the world. And it's, well, like I said, it's just a lighthearted movie, and this is not my style. So Yeah, and well, and the FBI, I mean, they don't know or have that technology. That's important to mention. No, That's but a they know thing. what they're doing, though. Or I they mean, think. One of the final conclusions of the scene he thinks that he's a hundred foot tall. Yeah, but the funny thing, or something that I, that also I appreciate because it's not really a plot hole, is like they keep going back to his house to to pin him for leaving the house arrest, but he's always there, so they can never prove anything, which is cool. <laughs> Could you describe briefly, if you can, Lady Phantom? Hank Pym has oversized ants animated ants in this movie doing some dirty work let's put it yeah and what is the theory what is the story behind that that just comes also from the first movie and everything like hang pym when he is training scott lang uh, he tells him and he teaches him about the ants you know like he has some not power but like he is pals with the ants, which probably comes from the days when so he, he used just to put on the suit. Conjures ants? Yeah. Or they're real ants and he blows them up. No, I mean he's a he they are actual ants, but he uses his technology to enlarge them. And he's just I mean, he just explains to Lang that they are very intelligent and they always work together and they can lift I don't know how many times their own weight, which are true. Uh, they can play drum pads. Yeah. (laughs) 
see, she's laughing to see stuff like yeah, that. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, of course it's ridiculous, but it's fun. So okay. it doesn't matter. All right, let's get to technicals now. We covered the story. All right. Go to the shrinking action scenes first when they're shrinking down as a little mosquito sized thing and fighting and then they come back to normal size all in one frame, I would say. I love it. I think it's very well done. It's like you see them like in those movies, the old movies that dun, 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 like in like in sizes, but it happens really quickly and it happens really well. Like, so it looked real to you. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that you can say, oh, I can see that. Oh, that's fake. No, like I think they managed to do it very well. And I think they, because also you have the wasp, you get to see that many more times. And also in the first one. Oh, it happens one, a lot. Yeah. In the, in the first one, they also do things with the lab, I think. But I think the lab only happens once or twice or something. Like in this movie, they went to town with getting things big and small. And I thought it looked amazing most of yeah, the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say amazing. I would say I was surprised how good it looked because a lot of great editing here too. Oh, yeah. And super fast, but not too fast where you don't see them turn into a normal size. Exactly. And they also, a few times, take advantage of slow motion. Not as Not much. much as I know you would like, but you do. There's a very cool scene where the the wasp is flying and she gets to like run on a knife in an action scene. Yeah, and, they, and that was cool. I give them props because they super sped it up without it looking too fake and too digital. Like it was done really well, especially when they're coming out of the bug yeah. so to speak, with their little suits on, I thought it was done as good as you could possibly do it. Yeah. So it looked really real there. Now, <laughs> let's talk about the scenes that they stay on little creatures and then they're in a car or they're in a room. Mm -hmm. How did you think that was done? I think it was fine. I mean, But you, you do have see... to agree it's a step down from the action yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But you have that mixed in in action scenes a lot. Like especially I really like two car chases where where the car where whoever is driving, it keeps going small and big and small and big and it's cool. It looks so good. Now, because I criticized that was when they were just standing around talking small and you see big things around them. It looked pretty fake to me. Not all the time, but most of the time. Now, on the opposite end, when the Ant-Man gets big, oh, wow, I thought that was incredible. When he's in the water. Yeah. And against a building and stuff, like the perspective of camera work and the digital effects and the scenery. Phantom, I didn't pick out any flaws on that like it really looked like this dude you know was king kong size oh yeah he you know because we covered that it's as good as that yeah and then you look at for example there's the scene the one you mentioned in the boat the the people in the ship they are moving and they are and you cannot get anything fake in the whole scene and it, and that is pretty cool yes and they did 
do some live action with this big creature too, Phantom. For mm-hmm. example, there's one scene when he flicks a gun out with his like little <laughs> pinky. I love that, yeah. Because he's monstrous. It looked pretty good. Like, yeah. I mean, this is on par with Kong, and we both rated that a 10 for the effects. Yeah. It's... I mean, it was incredible looking at something so big and have everybody else look miniature and cars and boats and people really well done Uh, like i couldn't see the big aspect any better yes now what did you think about when the lab got bigger it was good too yeah it was kind of i thought there was a little hesitation there a couple times like i don't know what they did some sort of filter with some of these scenes when it shrunk or when it enlarged like it was really quick digital effects and it looked really good 90 percent of the time yeah Yeah, like you wouldn't say it was fake because then there's somebody standing there looking at it or they do such a quick cut to the crowd or something right after this happens so it takes focus off that quick manipulation of the animation right so it was really good okay also i i like to make special mention of something that they do masterfully well in my opinion in the marvel movies which is the aging of characters it was flawless yeah the lawrence fishburne was great i thought yeah lawrence fishburne i mean we said it is or i said it's actually his son but and he looks a lot like him but they did do something digitally so it would look like Lawrence Fishburne and anybody who remembers Lawrence Fishburne from his young days it looked exactly like that yeah and i wouldn't call it his young days it would be like his mid 30s or 40s well uh, like i remember him from boys in the hood back then in back in the day like yeah, that 30s. was 90s so sure he's in his 30s then yeah, probably, but I mean, he looked really good, and that's more or less what it would, what he would be yeah, right there. Yeah, it was great. I, yeah, it was I excellent. It. Also, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer's de aging was excellent. Yeah, as funnily well. enough, Phantom, I didn't really pick up on that in the beginning because I was paying so much attention to the story to try to understand what's going on. But yeah, I never in my mind computed. Wow, I haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer in. 20 years myself like i cannot even remember the last time i've seen her in a movie probably gangsta's paradise back in the 90s or something maybe what lies beneath yeah too early 2000s or uh, maybe late or maybe 90s, 90s. Mm-hmm. yeah something like that so no i've seen her after that yeah, in other but movies then, but when she dons the gray hair in the end which i don't think she has gray hair now i'm sure she colors her hair probably but i mean she has aged and there's a definite difference and it looks but she's aged well though too i think oh yes she's beautiful she's beautiful all right sound effects i want to cover this phantom because we have a written review coming out on one of the harry potters soon and we'll just say that we were super impressed with this harry potter soundtrack that's coming up on the written review bookmark bill shetty so you don't miss that review chamber of secrets yes and this while it was decent i didn't feel a part of the action in this and this is such a modern movie so many action scenes 
like that Harry Potter was so much better than well, this. Well, but then again, that Harry Potter one is so much better than 80% of movies. I thought the sound in this movie was very decent. Like the surrounds were really good. Yes, I would say... Uh, I would say it's what I'm expecting on an action movie. I'm not saying it went above and beyond no, like, oh, my God. Not above and beyond, but like the scenes where they are in the quantum realm, for example, and you can hear things coming from everywhere. And there's a scene also where the, they have bricks falling and you can hear so them on top of you. So did you feel a part of this? You felt in that environment? Unfortunately, not in the whole movie, but there were parts where I did. Okay, so it was hit or miss to you. Yeah, and some parts, yeah, some parts, no. Okay. Uh-huh, and also I want to say that I like the music in this movie. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool. I think it fit for the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't love it, but it worked for the movie. When yeah. it had to get action-y, it perked up and got a little stronger. And then Without you get the overriding the dialogue, which is good. <laughs> Yeah, well, you didn't even know that. I told you it's the old Partridge song from the uh -huh. 60s. Yeah, I just knew that it, like, it sounded... Because, I mean, I've heard that song before. I just didn't know where it was from. But I thought it fit the scenes where they put it, and it was cool. Okay, we've said this probably 90% of the time. Atmos underutilized the overheads. Yes, you can hear it in yeah. a few scenes. Happens sometimes. It happens but of, I mean, you. I, at least I always wish they would use it more. But I, I thought they used it here in some scenes effectively. Okay, let's go with the acting and then wrap up this review. Well, you are probably going to disagree with me, but I thought it was perfect for this movie. Well, I think it probably is perfect for the movie too, Phantom. Like, I wasn't rooting for anybody in this movie, funnily enough, like... It was just so blasé to me, all the characters. Like, I didn't get behind the Paul Rudd character because he's so dim-witted and silly to me. And he's he is out of his element. He don't know nothing about this technology. So he's like a fish out of water. Yeah, and he just puts on the zoo. Yes, and, <laughs> and you he know, uses it. when they're talking in the scientific terms, he's looking and he's got this, you know, whatever, like... He don't understand it, and it's yeah. And I don't know. It, it's just a different feel of a character that don't understand what they're doing, yeah, more or less. And it's just blase to me. And what, but I mean, for what they had to do, all the acting, nobody stood out as great. Nobody was poor, even the side characters. And uh, what did you think of that scene where Paul Rudd had to act like a woman for a second? Oh, I hated it. I thought it was great. Yeah, Lady Phantom, I think he was overacting. I mean, he was try he had to pull off these certain scenes. He did that a couple times, but yeah, it was like obvious that he was trying to do that to me. I I don't think so. I think like if I try to not see him for a while, but see a female character doing that, like I thought he was fine. I mean, I think Paul Rod is great, so what do I say? And the last effect, and then we'll come in with our ratings, is the ghost effect. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was really well done, especially when, like, she was putting her hands through something, like it had that nice ghost glow. Like, it's a perfect name for a character. Yeah, and she, whenever she moved, there was always this trail of, trail glow. of glow, like, ghost-like, obviously, 
uh, that went with her and it looked so good and so consistent all the time and i thought it was great it was i thought it was very well done all right lady fan on my time my rating i'm giving this a four this is a below average movie all those points go to the technical aspects of this film the blending the melding the manipulation of the effects with the real people to the huge to the small i thought the bigger portrayals was done a touch better than the smaller effects especially at stationary times with surroundings but this movie was not fun to me it wasn't entertaining i didn't get the comedy it's just not my flavor and i just personally again one of these movies i just think the story isn't explained is so far-fetched and ridiculous and i just don't like it i don't think it's good so it's an avoid what do you got well i obviously disagree a lot i don't think that it's better than ant-man i do think that there is a lot more action here and a lot more special effects than in ant-man and i appreciate that because they are done so so well but as a movie i think ant-man is a touch better i think this movie is a 7.5 out of 10 and i think it is a buy it is a very good addition to the marvel cinematic universe plus remember if you watch it you have to wait for the uh, for the scene after the credits uh, well the middle scene actually because it ties in with what is happening in infinity war which is happening alongside of it okay can i ask you just why 7.5 is not too hot that's like a good movie this didn't rise to the great level for you why not because mainly because of the story it is a decent story but it's very inconsequential i mean yes the the story with janet pym that is very consequential to them you know but in the grand scheme of things, it is a small story, really. And there are so many other Marvel movies that have such better stories, you know? So I cannot put this one way too high because it's just not that good as a story, even though the special effects are so great. All righty, let's get to the good stuff. All right, Lady Phantom, fake 4k here of course so much cgi doesn't matter out there doesn't matter that it's true 4k or not what's the video quality look like fam oh it's great i really do think it's not like the best of the best yeah it's no reference material. Uh -huh. it's no reference material but it's so good and the wide collar gamut gets a workout in this movie yeah yeah tons of shades but not like birds of prey <laughs> no but i mean birds of prey it's like the whole movie plus i mean it really doesn't show in the 4k but here i mean the quantum realm scenes are so beautiful to look at and you can have all the colors you want you can find them there i just don't know why lady phantom in these science fiction stories that or fantasy films whatever you want to call it they don't blow out these colors yeah like this movie should be reference it's shot digitally there's no grain it's crystal clear 
They raise no contrast levels. They raise no brightness here. It's just almost the minimum I want to expect from 4K. I don't want any worse than this. But HDR utilization, very little. Again, another movie. Yeah. And I don't care if it becomes a little more fake looking because you're in a fantasy science fiction movie. That's fine. These are things that cannot happen, will not happen. So if it looks a little fakish, it doesn't matter. So be it. You want it to pop. You want to feel part of this movie. I didn't feel part of this movie, neither individually or auditorily, but it's a crystal clear picture. There's no digital noise in it. You get to see all the action scenes, all the quick edits were done super well. Yeah, but there's, yeah, that's that's the main thing I would say, Phantom, is, yeah. is more colors than what you're going to get on Blu-ray. But outside of that, I don't think you're gaining anything else. Yeah. You're going to get some more clarity, of course, some more detail on some of these instruments, and especially... I'll say one scene, Phantom, that we didn't cover, but once somebody goes into this quantum arena, there's all these little globules of things and stuff, and there's a slight haze in there to depict that they're in there, but some of that looked really neat. Yeah, I think they probably restrained themselves from using too much HDR so it wouldn't look as fake because, yeah, this could have popped up so much. Yes. But that would have brought probably a lot of fakeness. But, oh, well, I mean, they decided to go this way. I do think the the white color gamut was used very well, but the HDR was definitely lacking. more colors, more shades. Yes, and that perfect scene, Phantom, to easily blow out was when he was 100 foot tall on the ocean with a boat. He's got a bright red suit. That should have been felt like you could touch that because we have movies you could. And there's no reason to not go there. Even if they wanted to maintain some level of looking real on certain times. So just do it in the scenes where you could never tell, like on those scenes. Like, his suit should have felt like it was coming at us, Phantom. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, it was a rich red. It looked very good. It's going to look better on this format than any others, but it, it doesn't supersede to demo material or reference. Not even close, really. Right. Yeah. It's just got that really punchy detail that 4k demands right and that's what this disc provides okay with the dolby atmos track we did slightly cover that we said overheads underutilized of course as always um surrounds yes not as good as some this is no demo worthy track i thought the bass was a little lacking in this too mm-hmm. could have been but more they did punchy. use it yes it was yeah. utilized but you know, Phantom, when somebody's really big like in Kong and then and you feel those, you actually feel when they're walking. He gets to that level and it was more punchy, not grumbling, like pounding, like 
you know, because there is some car accidents here and things like that. And yeah, and there's this scene where he is using a truck like a scooter, pretty much. Yes. That should have rumbled the house. Yes. Good example, fam. That should have felt like a tank. Yeah, because we have like this many, many, many feet tall person, like like stepping on the ground because he's like on a tr on a truck, but he's more like on a scooter. And you should have felt that rumble, and you didn't. Yes, they. they I mean, you did feel it though, but not as it should have been. Right, and see, the Phantom and I, we go back because we've covered this is episode sixty three with our written reviews. We're almost up to ninety movies we've covered here on movies in four K, and there's just so many standouts that okay, does it rise to the level of any of our like demo worthy, for example? Mm -hmm. Which we have fifteen right now. Wow. Wow, that's pretty yeah. poor. Fifteen well, yeah. out of ninety. I mean, you're looking at what? Not even twenty percent. So Yeah. No well. But the ones that do it right and just hit all the check boxes and stuff, that's what you're going to in a movie like this, so action. There's flying scenes, rumbling scenes, car accidents, manipulation of effects of tunnels and globules. And <laughs> I mean, I wanted to even hear the ants. Like there's a scene when the ants cover up the cameras and stuff. Like I wanted that. That should have made me shiver. Like you should have heard like ants sound like yeah. all around you. Yeah, because this movie just conformed itself with being like the, what would say the bare minimum. Like you do hear stuff. Yes. But not as you could. <laughs> right. It doesn't stand out. It's in a, on the whole scheme of things. It was like mediocre, like the sounds playing at the same level and the effects and nothing really jumps out at you and it just could have because those ant scenes when they're crawling and there's several of them at times it happens in here yeah like it should have been making those chattering sounds coming from all around you just to ooh. yeah and there's one scene even where lawrence fisborne says oh it's them yes oh <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned that scene because that was probably the poorest scene in this movie when uh -huh. the big ants were grabbing onto his legs to hold him, to keep him back, and to push him out the other. Uh, yeah. I thought that was, without a doubt, one of the poorest mixture scenes. Mm -hmm. All right, Lady Phantom, what do we got on this uh, 4K disc in special features? On the 4K, we have no special features. On the Blu-ray, we have deleted scenes, gag reel, back in the ant suit, Scott Lang. A suit of her own, the Wasp. Subatomic superheroes, Hank and Janet. Quantum perspective, and much more. All right, quick and to the point here. This is a B minus. It's definitely worthy for the clarity factor and uh, WCG colorings. Really good, but nothing that performs out of the realm i would never show off this disc to anybody and say "Ooh, look what 4k can do with this <laughs> you know with your tv and your setup i mean it looks great i'm not disappointed in the disc i don't like the movie so <laughs> if it was better it would have got me more in the movie that's something that 4k has really done to me these movies that i particularly don't like or am not into if 
the 4k is done well like it keeps me there and raises a level because i feel a part of it this don't have this but it's a solid disc if this is your style film buy it on 4k right there with you b minus and it is worthy i mean the the colors look so beautiful in the quantum realm but yeah i wish i could have gotten so much more out of this movie and i do think they were not I'm, i cannot say that they were afraid but i do think they restrained themselves a lot with the hdr and they shouldn't have yeah i don't understand it do you phantom for no. a movie like this because it's stuff that can't happen it's yeah it they probably fine. didn't want to look like for example aquaman you know like so video gamey and everything and they achieved it because it doesn't look like that but also the problem yes, also the problem is that it doesn't look like that right and i will give them props for that if that was their intention to maintain a filmic style with not providing grain but giving you the clarity this is a good example because it of, did look like it was shot on film but without the green yeah and a sense of realism like look this is the quantum realm this is actually happening you know it doesn't right. look fake right so i give them total credit for that and yeah it is worthy but unfortunately is not the best of the best correct All right, we're wrapping up episode 63 here, Lady Phantom. Where do you want the listeners, fans, people all over the world to go? BillShetty.com. You can go there, sign the guest book. If you have a request, just leave it or a recommendation, whatever. And also you can find all our links there and all the places where you can subscribe, whatever or whatever you listen to podcasts you can find us there so go right ahead yes and we're popping out some written reviews here and there so bookmark that site too so you get extra reviews that you won't get anywhere else so and also sorry remember that if you follow me on twitter lady phantom 74 i always tweet when there is a release either a podcast episode or a written review all right we are out of here 